Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hello and welcome everyone to Indie Incursion and Indie Games Podcast. This is a supplemental episode. This will go up alongside our episode 49. This week, I have a developer on the podcast once again. His name is Alex Kissy Jr. and he is developing Raya. So how are you doing today? Ah, good, Vaughn. Thank you for, I just want to thank you for having me. I really appreciate that. I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm pretty fantastic. It's a good day. It's a Sunday. It's nice and lax. I had something <laughs> to eat before this. It's great. And I played some WoW Classic because I'm that professional. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so I did I say the name of the game correctly? Is it Raya? You did say that correctly. Wow. Which was, Boom. I'm, I'm impressed. I'm, I'm Wow. Thank you. I feel like I'm on my game today. I said both <laughs> your are. name correctly and the name of the game. So Yeah, yeah, you're too good at this. I'm scared. <laughs> yeah, I'm just so fantastic, which is kind of crazy because if you listen to any of the podcast episodes, I'm so mm. bad at reading. It's actually kind of, it's like atrocious. I I have written sections of the podcast that I mess up and I wrote that you... it. That's hilarious. I don't get it. Yeah, it's kind of weird. So you have a game, Raya, coming out. It is releasing on iOS and Android on October 25th, correct? That is correct. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. So how about you tell us about your game? So I'm going to ask you about your game and stuff like that first, and then I'm just going to ask you about your life near the end to make it kind of nice and easy, have a two-parter interview. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Oh. So let's hear about Raya. Okay, Vaughn. Yeah. So, uh, man, Raya is a, a actual game that um, I've been working on for the past over four years. Um using um uh, can i shout out engines if i'm using or whatever i'm using yeah you could do whatever you want dude i don't mind anything on this podcast because <laughs> everyone always uh says what what did you make to do that game uh, so i used uh, something called unreal engine um i was getting a lot of uh conversations from my friends saying like hey like you sh- you know you should either use unity or unreal i know that's a whole different conversation but i was coming from a c plus plus background so my friend recommended hey like this engine uses C++, and I think that'll fit right in your alley. So I had to download the engine, study it. Um, so my whole way of studying the engine, I'm, I'm learning. I'm, I'm learning about various parts from, you know, from animations to sequencing to, I mean, I think I spent several months on one section of the game. Um, but it's So a you're fairly game. self-taught with the Unreal Engine? very self-taught up i did buy some courses on udemy which some friends recommended um and you know excellent courses um for me to get started and then i started playing around and making my own little like demo versions of games um but it was it was ultimately like scary when you open it up you're like oh my gosh like i I never made a game like this is crazy (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I've messed around in Unity for a little while, and there's just once you open up an engine, just in general, there's so much there that you're like, I don't even know how to start. What am I supposed <laughs> to do? Yeah, so I totally yeah. understand that feeling. Yeah, I was totally overwhelmed because I'm coming from an iOS position, like background. Like I made iPhone apps, and they kind of took off and did their thing. And so for me to open up another whole like IDE that was just like completely like big and massive, I was like, okay, I'm. I'm going to give this a try. <laughs> so um, that leads me into one of my questions is, is uh, is your previous experience with iOS and like Android games, or that is that the reason that you chose to release Raya on iOS and Android? I chose to release Raya on iOS and Android is because of the cross-platform capabilities, which most of the game engines provide. But I am coming from an iOS um, background because I wrote um, iPhone apps, music specifically, that... Uh, it, it, I had some level of success where they took off and, you know, I was on the top paid app store. This is before like articles were written about like developers. Like I never got any of those things, but, uh, let's just, just say I was making a lot of money that I was just like, okay, I'll just be quiet. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Nice. So what is Riot in general? Because I know it's, it's kind of an action RPG, correct? Yeah. It's action RPG open world. I wanted to like, it's funny because I played video games growing up and i had my nintendo like everyone had and my mom sony playstation uh and i i remember playing tomb raider and i was like oh this game is cool you know it's like you know just running around and you know fighting creatures and things and shooting creatures and i i, I when i came out with this game i said Man, i want this to be open world i want it to have a, a nice good feel um on the mobile as well so um a lot of people would say, like, man, it's hard to play mobile games. But once I end up, like, giving someone the game, Raya, and I tell them, here, like, just test it out, you know, and I'll give them the iPad on my iPhone. And they're like, this is actually dope. I like this. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, yeah. That's kind of interesting. Um, People seem to have, like, issues playing games on phones. I've played a couple different ones. Like, I played a 2D hack and slash platformer called Tarkus mm -hmm. a while ago. Tarkus, okay. Yeah, that one is pretty easy to run. And then, of course, Apple just released, like, Apple Arcade. So, Arcade, obviously, yeah. hopefully there's going to be, like, a big influx of people coming to iPhones to play video games. Yeah, no, um, I, the the whole market of mobile is outstanding. Um, I previously worked at a company where uh, all we dealt was with game developers, like huge game mobile game developers. Um, and uh, I, there was a particular gentleman that I met, long story short, his name is Henry, and he works at Scopely. And, you know, they make some really amazing title games. And, you know, I, I just kind of build a relationship with him, speak with him. Every month we have dinner and just kind of, you know, learn about the industry. And these guys are making like, I don't want to disclose numbers, but on mobile games, they're making like millions of dollars. Um, it's drastically changing because like, you know, in China, people have way more mobile devices than, than consoles. Yeah, that's that's yeah, so pretty interesting. So with Raya, because there is this, I, I don't know, there is this kind of weird conflation with indie games to also you have your game and then it also has some sort of in-game transaction is there anything like that in raya or is it just the game you know what that's 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 always like a hard conversation to talk about <laughs> um there is an in-app purchases in there um and these and you can totally get the game and, and play through it without going through the in-app purchases and you know you can you know really build and, and build your 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 weaponry 
um, based on your skills and, and just playing a game. But these days, there are so many. I look at the the analytics and these kids. They're just like they're just consuming like in-app purchases like it's nothing. Like you look at Fortnite and they're just like every Friday at 4 p.m. they're waiting for skins. And for for something that <clears throat> is that really changes the demographics and game developers because we don't want to be the ones that are like out here like trying to like monetize all day but if you want that cool weapon you know jonathan i just bought the new like you know axe oh so then he goes to his dad and says hey um you know matthew bought uh, axe with the game on raya i want that too and he ends up buying it so it's just like this cultural like trying everyone's trying to compete um and just live, you know, and say that they have this or have that and they're able to complete this mission. And it sometimes it's another conversation to talk about that. But uh, I do want to let people know that I, I worked extremely hard to give people, if they're paying for in-app purchases, I said, this is really a, a great item that you're purchasing. Or, so that way you can be like, whoa, this, this really is cool. Like, this is a really cool experience. Not just like, whoa, I just bought all this and it's just the same feel. Yeah, yeah, I feel like the big issue with in-gap purchase, in-game purchases, not in-gap, uh, <laughs> the, the most issue people have is like pay to win or just seemingly their inclusion at all, which I don't really have an issue with. Mm -hmm. um, I personally am all for developers finding new ways to kind of like supplement their income because they need to actually live. So I have no problem with it. And it seems like Raya is completely playable without them, or at least that's that's what you said so that's pretty fantastic yeah i wanted to make that and you know i spoke to like uh some really hardcore gamers that you know just want to get I, I don't want to be those people that the company makes all this money and you see on the comments and the games like they're just just ripping everyone off they just need money and they're just taking out money and it's like you, you, these guys I, i'm building a product that i want you i want you to enjoy and have a great time like it it took a lot of years to make and I don't want to just come out here and just take people's money. I want them to be like, you know, your best product is the product that um, when you're not in a room, someone says like that, that's actually a pretty good game. And for games to have that kind of review is very tough. Everyone's so hard. So um, I try to like build this. Uh, when I built out Raya, I was like, okay, I'm going to make this game and make sure like if anyone that just wants to play the game without in-app purchases can do so. And that's, you know, that's one of the great things I think I appreciate about Raya. That's pretty fantastic. So you talked about Raya having different weapons and different like skill trees. How do those work specifically? Uh, so like you, you basically start out in the game and, and, you know, you have like a basic axe, you know, and there's like so that's huge swords. There's like Thor hammers uh, and you, you can basically when you're when you're fighting your enemy attacking your enemy every soul you kill is it's it's uh it counts as one so you kill one person that's one soul and over time when you're accumulating all these souls you can go into the uh, you can go into the store and and um and buy them when you like you know when you when you destroy the enemies uh for an for a boss for bosses you know you even get more than one soul you know like as, as normal um so you're able to like sharpen up and, and get really equipped to fight some of the most dangerous, vastly um, <laughs> scary creatures, Dark Souls, that we, as we call them. Um, because there's a particular point in the game where if you, like, really just go after one of the biggest bosses, you're going to die. Like, he's going to crush you <laughs> without, you know, just if you start off. Because it's an open world. You can just go, like, oh, I want to I fight that guy. And he's like, oh, he's level, like, a million. I can't fight him. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool though something that people have really praised like breath of the wild for is that if you wanted to you can just go right forward to kill ganon you're probably gonna die 
but you could do it. I so that, <laughs> yeah, yeah there, there's a freedom there, which is pretty amazing. And most games don't actually include that, especially ones that it, like have leveling and weapon systems. So that's really cool that you guys did that. Oh, wow. Thank you. I, I, you know, I, I just wanted to make sure it's free and open as possible. So that way people can go and explore. And, you know, if you, if you see a particular boss with a, a you know, a higher level, you, you know, you will see it. You're like, okay, I, I, I think it's too late to run now. Um, <laughs> what you, you just learn? get trapped. <laughs> yeah, you just get trapped. You're like, okay, I, you could run away, but it, you know, it's that's a good thing about it. You can just like run and, and leave because it's open world. You can run around and walk away. Um, yeah. So you talked about souls. These are like the currency that you get, right? Because you said yes. you get one for killing one person. So yes. then you use them to purchase weapons, or uh, yes. does that also apply to skills or just the weapons? Um, these are these are basically um. The weapons and potions and health and what else, I believe, uh, yeah, skills, you know, that at one point there's, um, it's this really cool, like, animation where, like, a whole bunch of meteors come down and it crashes towards the enemy or towards the enemy. So, like, these are certain skills that you can kind of develop and, and, and purchase with the souls. Like, it's, it's like a currency with the souls because these are dark souls, if I'm explaining it right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I got gotcha. you. So you've <laughs> you brought up the Dark Souls twice. I was really curious when I read in uh, one of the articles, I believe from Pocket Gamer that you sent mm -hmm. me, is is the Dark Souls thing a reference to the actual game, or is that just completely a coincidence? That's coincidence. Yeah, when I when I read, like, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so cliche. Like, it's in everything. Yeah, it's 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 a ref. It's not really direct tourism. It's just a coincidence. Like, okay, wow, like these are the Dark Souls because they really are dark and these uh raya is basically he comes down from you know the good gods he's he came to he came to save the world so he's um responsible for saving and you know the entire world and, and there's certain words you, there's certain like you can jump between worlds in this game you know just to kind of save it um but yeah going back to your question yeah it, it's just a <laughs> it's just a coincidence and i'm like oh yeah man, dark souls dark souls okay i hope no one thinks you know that's where i got it. but yeah it was a coincidence oh gotcha yeah because there's all the i i personally i've done it before and i totally despise when i do it but there's always the like the talk about uh when any time a game comes up and it's like at all hard they're like related to dark souls i i shouldn't say i despise it it's just like there are other games out there, but yeah, that's interesting that it's a totally a coincidence. You brought up kind of the story of Raya. What is it specifically? Because it has, it's like, it has something to do with religion, correct? It's about like Raya being the son of God, something similar to that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was crazy because like, it was a really sensitive subject and I'm like, oh man, like when I, when I was writing this, I was like, uh, okay. I was like, okay, this sounds very biblical, but I don't want to throw too much like that in their face. But it's similar to it where, you know, Christ comes down um, in, in form, but it, this time he's coming down to kick ass, right? He's <laughs> he's uh, he's coming to, to really, like, fight the, the, the dark ones and the demons. And and, and it's interesting what, how I related it to uh, the scriptures of, you know, God setting his only son, you know, you're the only one that can, can uh, save the world. So, yeah, that it does refer to um, some biblical terms. Awesome, awesome. I mean, it, I don't think many people are going to have issues with it, mostly because <laughs> there are games like uh, the Darksiders series, which have to do with 
biblical like oh. iconography because they have the um they have like the the four horsemen of the apocalypse and such and it's oh, about yeah, demons yeah, yeah. fighting angels so oh, that's, yeah that's i don't like, yeah i don't think you're gonna have too much of a problem with it if anything people are probably gonna be into it so that, okay. that'll be nice awesome. Awesome. but Thank uh you. So what are the inspirations for the story uh, of Riot? Because I, the, it is like you, you said, it does have something to do with religion, but you didn't want it to be too heavy-handed. So what were your inspirations? What made you want to write this kind of a story? Uh, I, I, you know, I, it's funny because I come from a, a slightly, I, well, I, a religious background. Like, and, um, uh, you know, I, I would I would attend service every Sunday, like every Sunday, where the point where you're like, okay, I just want to go like watch the basketball game. I don't want to miss it. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, it was like a like it was actually a particular friend um, that I met, and he was just like telling me like, man, like as when I was building this game, he was like, hey, like this would be cool if you do this and do that, and you know, you listen to everyone as you're building it, and. and he kind of struck me in a way and I said, okay, I, I think I can try it. You know, maybe, maybe I can, you know, I, I want to make sure I can at least add some positivity to it not just running around and like, you know, destroying people. I mean, you see all the news happening where they're trying to ban video games and you're like, well, there's, there, there is some positive in, in the video games and not always like we're going to shoot her and kill everyone. Um, so I think that's probably one of the main reasons why I wanted to add a little bit of like, like to it. Yeah, yeah, that that totally makes sense. That's awesome. Having a good story to a game that's not just like hack and slash beat em up, just killing stuff. That's honestly exactly what I'm about. I love okay. story in video games. Okay, yeah, I mean Vaughn. I mean, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's just it's something that I want to at least me. I mean, me having a, a three year old, so I kind of like see what kind of games they play and see what I can be able to contribute at least a little bit because. My son sees me working on the game. He's like, oh, what's that? Like, who's that? Like, that's a demon? That's an angel? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's really cool that your son actually, like, sees you working on the game. Yeah, I've been working on the game before he was born. So it's actually weird to see him, um, you know, he's three now, to see him, like, you know, look at my, my laptop screen. And it's like, oh, what's that? And run up to it, you know, when I'm working on certain animations or, like, a sequence. Or he's just like, cool, you know. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be an interesting way to grow up because not only do you grow up in an environment like with video games, just being able to play them, but your dad also being a developer, you get to see both sides. That's, yeah, that's really awesome. Oh, thank you, thank you. I didn't, I didn't notice that. Like, what you know? I mean, besides him looking at me, I mean, he wasn't looking at the, he wasn't looking at me when I was writing code. Like, that's the boring part. He's like, what? What's on the screen? <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> Yeah. So how do you actually, since you brought up your son, how do you juggle your basically duties as a father and of a game developer? Because there's all sorts of stuff in the media nowadays where they talk about game, like the, the crunch in the games industry, people putting in a lot of time into their video games. And in a way, it is kind of required. You've been working on this game for four years since before your son was born. So how do you really kind of juggle both wanting to make this game and being a dad? Oh man, those are like Vaughn, great question. <laughs> Good. Thank. Thanks. <laughs> uh that's that's one of the ones that I still try to figure out to this day. I mean, um, you know, someone asked me like, "How did your wife not leave you and your kid?" I'm like, "Wow, that's that's kind of sad of my kid that's left me too." That's a mean question. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I was like, "My kid too?" Like, what he just packs up his bag and like, "I'm out, dad. See ya." Um 
no it's it's tough like i mean there's times where i don't have time for like well there's most of the time i don't have time for myself um i had to learn how to sacrifice whether i watch that netflix show or whether i finish writing that code um the only time i actually think i um i'm able to write or or do something that is remotely like entertaining is while i'm munching something if i'm eating something I'm either watching a tutorial on like VFX or I'm watching a tutorial on a new feature that came out with the engine just to stay up, you know, ahead of the game. And, and my wife, uh, God bless her, uh, Patricia, she really, really uh, um, gave me a lot of, a little leeway to do things. She didn't understand at first, but now she's like seeing all these people reaching out and she's just like, wow, like, thank you for, you know, she's just like, wow, you're very consistent and I don't know how you stay up all this time in a laptop and it's tough. You just got to learn how to balance what, what's important and what's not. So going out to the park with my son, Tyler, on Sundays or the weekends or you know, spending time with my wife and movie night. Um, just But did you just know you're not going to have time for yourself? Like, I need to go play basketball. Like, that's not happening. You know what I mean, pay, later on. Yeah. After, you know, working on the game. But yeah, that's tough. <laughs> Yeah, so it sounds like you kind of eat and sleep video games, and then you get to make time for your family, but all your needs kind of go to the wayside. Like, you don't have a lot of time for yourself. That really sucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of a bad way to say that, but that, that totally sucks. You know, it's, it's interesting that you say that because, um, you know, it, it, it does suck. And um, when I get, like, opportunities like, you know, interviewing with you and, um, it, it feels like, okay, here's a little bit of time for myself. Like I, I, I genuinely do enjoy this. And, and now I get to speak to great people that are in this industry and kind of share my, my moments and my struggles and my thoughts. And, and I think like, that's really important. And I get to, I remember having a conversation with someone and he was like, so you are publishing your own video game. And first of all, you're African-American. I've never met an African-American developer. And I'm like, wait, what? what's that <laughs> like you know so it's like and he said like, what do you, how did you like what do you do like how did you learn how to get into this because you know most people are athletes or basketball players and I said you know I just really genuinely like technology and and, and really fell in love with it so if I'm not having time for myself writing games is my like hobby right so I think I would say that's the time I'm spending yeah, the you actually genuinely enjoy working on your video games, so yeah. it's kind of like still in a way making time for yourself. That's that's really that's good, I guess. It's <laughs> <That's> a positive. <laughs> Besides, suck like that sucks. Yeah, no, I trust me. Yeah, yeah, that's trying to watch Avengers. I had to watch Avengers, uh, Endgame on the plane. That's how bad I I didn't get. I didn't go. To, I didn't. I didn't go to the movies to watch it. That's how busy I was. I feel bad. I went to the movies like three <laughs> times to watch it. <laughs> How dare you, Bob? I'm I jealous. just happen to have the time, I guess. So, uh, this I actually didn't even have this question, but since we brought it up, what would you say would be like? How, what do you think could change in the industry to actually kind of afford developers to have more times for to have more time for themselves? Like certain games have been pushed back so that they don't have to hit certain release dates. Like I believe Studio MDHR, the people behind Cuphead, ended up putting pushing back their most recent DLC so that their developers, their employees, could have a life. What would you say could like might change in the games industry that would? help developers actually have lives would it just be like 
game or gamers waiting longer for video games or or do you have any ideas really you don't have to have the solution but do you have any ideas that you think might actually help you guys yeah you know it's interesting because um i think like you know i when i see a game come out and then you you, sometimes i like to follow like who was working on it and you see like these people put so much time in from you know their so much time that they take away from their family and 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 it's like sometimes the reception of the game is like ah this is terrible and you're like wow i really feel sorry for those people that lost all that time from their family to get a reception like this um yeah it's it's a hard balance um if you truly want to get something done and you know you have management and telling you like we need to get this done and then the developers are like you know you know sometimes i i've heard them people ship out games and there's completely nothing in it and you know because they're pressured for the developer like this needs to go out tomorrow and developer has to just like okay like i'm gonna send you empty code and this is what you want because you're pushing me and it's kind of tough it's a tough balance to deal with but i truly don't believe sometimes where you know you can you can spend so much time on something where you see like oh that game took like 20 years and it's still not out like you know that's kind of like i don't know who's investing in things like that but there should be some time where you can the, the, the publisher or the, the you know studios can give them time to say like hey like the game is out like take a nice you know i don't know like a month or two to, to just you know relax and with your family from the time that we took away from you because at the end of the day when these games get published they make millions of dollars and someone's salary for the year it's not the, it's not going to hurt the publisher you know it's, it's or the game you know studio because they you know they're making all this money and i've seen the analytics and i've seen the the in, the income from some of these publishers and it's just like wow you're paying your developer that much okay that's not fair yeah yeah it seems like you guys should possibly get paid more for your contribution and it seems like the the culture of getting games out so quickly like annual releases is kind of affecting developers negatively is that is mm-hmm. that where you're going yeah i think so too um, yeah i mean definitely because like if you have a deadline you need to hit and you know you're really you're, you have a lack of resources and you really want to push the the envelope in it i mean i understand pushing people to the limit but like let's not over like work them because you know some results can be very bad you know like i said i've seen games come out and it was like whoa where's the character he's not even here you know <laughs> it's and uh these are big studios too so um i, I just want to make sure that they uh if they're listening or um i know if, you know opened up a studio of mine i'm the only developer here so um I, now i'm getting talks of people saying like hey you know if you ever did something i want to i would love to work with you and you know i want to build a culture where you know it's it's more of a, a family base rather than like a and that's where every company gets to a point where they get too big and they like scale and then everything seems uh corporate <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Sadly, the larger you get, the more the fiscal responsibilities seem to sink in. And you're like, hey, I have to get my game out at this point in time just to pay people. But then, of course, yeah, it comes down to how much they're actually getting paid. But so you are a solo developer on Raya. Have you had anybody else help you out with maybe the soundtrack or anything? I know. Oh, yeah. So you have? Yeah, so the soundtrack, um, I have a a long story short, like one of my my friends, he... uh, his brother uh, was doing music production, and um, I think I was showing my friend his my game, and he and his brother was like, "Oh, like I do music. Would you like be interested in uh, working on a soundtrack?" I said, "Have you done games?" He's like, "No." 
So I like to, I was like, sure, like, I like to give people opportunity where he seemed so, like, enthused and he was, like, really loving the game. He's like, man, I really want to be involved with this. And I said, sure. And he, I was like, he was like, you don't have to pay me. I just, I just need a portfolio. So I was like, oh, even better, (laughs) you know? Um, So he worked on the soundtracks and um, there's one particular, I I had to to pay for some assets uh, in the game because um, I didn't have time to go into Maya and do a bunch of stuff. Um, so the main character was definitely paid, and the rest I basically did myself. All right, all right, that's kind of interesting. As solo devs, I respect solo devs more than most, just because games take a long time to create, and you guys just do it entirely by yourselves, or in your case, there is uh, someone helping you, but mostly just with soundtracks, so that's cool. How do you... Uh, what you you talked about possibly creating your own studio is that something you're looking forward to like is that if given the opportunity would you actually open up your own studio and really ramp up your game production yeah absolutely i mean i'm having talks of uh you know um i put i put the trailer out and then you know um on twitter and, and then like i was surprised to get almost 15 almost it's at fourteen thousand views I was like, holy crap. And then I started getting like some emails and some DMs from people saying like, who, who worked on this? Like, who, 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 what's the studio? And I'm just look, I'm kind of like replying like, uh, yeah, we worked on this. And it's just like me. <laughs> um, but I am like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm open to like definitely teaming up with um, inspiring indie developers that, you know, that want to, you know, just be a part of something that's cool because I have so many other game um, ideas that I, I want to release. But this is something that I wanted to put out to let people know, like, okay, we're here. And, uh, you know, if any anyone out there that's willing to, like, you know, want something for themselves. And one of the biggest things I say is, like, if you want, if you, if you want something for your family and you want residuals, you know, it's good to build a, a more family small studio rather than to say, like, okay, I'm going to pay you 120000 a year. But when you, when you're gone, like, what, what do you have? Like, you, you want to have some royalty. You want to have some something for yourself, for your kids when you leave over. Yeah, something consistent that's always coming through. Yeah, that's and that's one of. Sometimes it's hard to preach that to certain people. Like I had a, I, I have another guy that we just recently teamed up on some artwork. He's gonna try to do some artwork for me. Um, now that he sees where it's going, but uh, he, and I said, hey, like you know, I'll be, you know, I would like to build a studio. I, I, I mean, I have investors that I spoke to that have billions of dollars that they want to do things with me. But I'm like, okay, let me build my and let me own a lot of what I'm doing rather than just give it out to everyone. And I want to make sure that the team that I'm around, their families are okay, you know. So that's one of the things I try to preach to people: say, hey, like, you can own percentage of this. Like, this is yours. Like, you can always say, like, every month you got something coming in, rather than you know, some people just want to get the the whole lump sum and yeah i remember the particular story i don't know if it was like denzel washington where he or it might have been samuel jackson where he said like he did a role for a movie and he wanted the money so bad that i don't know if he took his initial pay and didn't get the residual but um he said i'm gonna not take the whole full lump sum i'm gonna take the residual and that and that movie ended up being pulp fiction so <laughs> he made the right decision of taking the residual because he's going to be paid for life. 
Yeah, that's kind of a weird thing that happens in Hollywood that doesn't really seem to happen within the games industry, which is really cool that you're including that. But like Vin Diesel specifically, I guess, I believe either during the initial filming of Triple X or Fast and the Furious, he kind of foregoed a larger payment to hold on to the uh, I think maybe it was like the Chronicles of Riddick IP for some reason, oh. and then he actually owns that. It's kind of weird. Like, mm. you, you don't really hear about that within the games industry, people actually owning a share of what they're creating. Instead, it's just like, oh, yeah, they get a paycheck. They create a game, and then they get a paycheck. Instead, you're kind of wanting to, to foster this culture of – it's not just you getting paid. It's also you taking part in creating this and you you get a piece of it instead of just releasing it and then you're done. That's that's really awesome. Yeah, absolutely, Vaughn. I mean, I'm a big advocate and like I own my own, you know, own my own little software company. And of course, it's an indie. I mean, it's small, um, but I own it. Right. But at the same time, you have to put in time to push that out there. So um, you, you and your family can eat and or your friends or whoever you your loved ones but I, I mean I'm just I'm always came from an entrepreneurial standpoint so that's why I'm always trying to preach to people like hey like I, I can give you money but how, how about I give you an outlet where you can make more money and where you don't have to ask me all the time where you you're building your own and it's kind of hard to build that out with certain people's minds and perspective but in the gaming industry I, of course it's probably hard because the publishers own everything right um I just got an email, uh, like yes, two days ago, with um, Microsoft Xbox. They reached out to me because I said I want to put this game on, on on Microsoft, and they were like, "Oh, this is cool! Like, great! Like, like send us uh now, send us um, you know, um, a demo now, so we can you know, play around with it." So, t- and it's like, you look back and you say, "Okay, wow!" This I, I step back and say, "Wow, okay." So like now I'm talking to Microsoft. Now I can actually. I, I was just thinking mobile. Now I can actually publish on Microsoft. Like this is crazy, you know. So now you 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 start to put in position like, okay, I'm gonna be a I'm gonna be a publisher now. Before you're saying I just want to make games. Now you can be able to help others. So I think in the mindset of people trying to own their own titles, it's harder more because all the publishers own everything. Are you uh, are you wanting? So you brought up Microsoft. So you're actually wanting to bring Riot to consoles. You're not just kind of wanting to develop it for ios and android you want to bring it to xbox one or possibly other consoles as well yeah um yeah uh i next year i wanted to so i just basically i like to exercise things in advance so it, it i'm not like just like immediately working on so i said you know what uh this is this is raya is already pc ready and really almost console ready um so i was like you know what everyone some people when i say i make a game they're like oh is it gonna come on an xbox and or playstation i'm like uh i don't no, i'm not sure <laughs> but then i said to say you know what let's give it a try and to get feedback back from playstation and and xbox it's just like whoa like these are titles that I, you know consoles that i play like now i'm in the, the space of becoming an indie developer um it just it just pushes me to say okay like i guess i can't stop here you know, but I do primarily just want it to be mobile. But you know, when it comes to that, trying to do something bigger than what you than you thought, then just let's go. Let's just move. <laughs> yeah, why not roll with the momentum of your game? Yeah, why not? You know, um, it can open opportunities for more people to join your studio and say, like, okay, now let's let's you know let's let's work. Let's make things happen. So, if you were, this is kind of a weird question, 
But since we brought up PC and everything, this is kind of an issue that people have been having recently with games going exclusive on the Epic Game Store. Would oh. you, like, if given the opportunity, would you go <laughs> exclusive on the Epic Game Store? PC specifically. Of course, they release on consoles and such just indiscriminately, but just PC. That's a good that's a good question i'm like and i'm i'm pressured behind some things because i am using the unreal engine and epic is like hey you know 10 percent. we're only going to take 12 versus you know the other people taking like 30 or something yeah um, steam so, yeah. <laughs> um so it's like it, it's a really tough it's a really tough thing and i know like people don't like just exclusively released on this and that um uh, that's I, I really don't know what to say about that, but I just want to make sure that it's it's in everyone's hands. And um, I don't want to be limited to just one. Uh, I don't believe there should just be one one uh, monopoly of, you know, distribution. I mean, that just makes it it just makes it tough for developers. And, and yeah, I, I'm not too sure about that, but I definitely want to make it uh, for every whether it be on Steam or whether it be on um, uh, Unreal or yeah, the Epic Store. So I'm assuming the uh, the revenue shares kind of affect your your idea on where to put it specifically because, like you said, Steam's like thirty percent versus Epic's. Like I I believe yeah, it's like ten to twelve percent. And then using the Unreal Engine specifically, they actually offer you additional discounts, which is pretty crazy. I think. Yeah, yeah. Plus on top of that, like plus I'm using an engine, so it's like they're it probably dropped down to zero. Who knows? Um, but I speak a lot with the Unreal people and. Um, and it's from internal, you know, friends are telling me like, you know, they, they just don't want to see steam alive. They want to kill steam because they feel like they're robbing the developers. Right. And, you know, um, it's hard for steam to say that too, because Google and Apple both take 30%. So it's epic. They're really trying to help the community by bringing it down and hopefully, You'll start to see some big publishers on, on, on Epic, so we'll, we'll see. Yeah, a lot of people don't really believe it, but I believe I think the uh, the CEO of Epic specifically said that they would stop doing exclusivity deals if Steam would lower their revenue share. Like if Steam would instead from taking Absolutely. 30%, 20%, but took less. I personally don't have any issue with that. I think that's great. They're kind of... <laughs> I don't know. They're kind of holding a gun to Steam's head, and they're just like, "We're going to keep taking your money unless you actually pay people what they should be owed." Because sadly, indie games, uh, indie game developers, don't get a large revenue share on Steam. They're they're definitely getting like taken. <laughs> it's it's weird. It's it's yeah. odd. I I don't know how to deal with that. <laughs> Yeah, I've never released anything on Steam, but um, from just the the feedback and, and you know people, you know even even consumers, they're kind of like mad at it, and, and it's like they've been in the game for a long time, so it's kind of I'm surprised no one challenged it. You know, like hey, like these guys are, and no disrespect to them, you know, at all, but um, when you're the only one that can do it, then you can play around with the prices. But now you have like other platforms like Epic stepping it up, and I think some other other platforms that are allowing people to distribute games um and i think with epic they did a really great job because they're they're like a they're like a bully right now like they're the only people that actually released a game out of google play store and said you know what we don't want to be on the android app store we're just going to be independent you can download from our website and 
crush them, you know. <laughs> Um, yeah. most of most game Android developers are like what where how how are people gonna know about me so yeah it's just the power you have when when you're that successful yeah it seems like epic has become somewhat of a heel like it's like okay things need to change and we don't mm-hmm. care if we look bad in the meantime we're just going to try to change things I think that's pretty great um do you play games on PC at all kind of a weird question but yeah yeah you know, I have, yeah I mostly played like I, I was a huge PC like game like i played counter-strike and like that was uh, that was my thing like counter-strike was one of like really serious hardcore counter-strike fan and um um i played apex legends on 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 on, uh, my laptop as well um yeah uh i play a few but like i said when you're like making it making a game rather than playing it it sometimes could like hinder your time zone but i try to do the best i can yeah, yeah, you don't have a whole lot of time to play video games, which <laughs> definitely sucks. <laughs> oh no, I will, I will definitely be having. But I'm like one of those type of people that go on, like you know, Reddit or YouTube and start looking at other people play, and it's like, oh, I like this, I like that. You know, I think you have to do your research. You also got to do your homework, right? So it's also good to look at like other day, other indie developers, what they're doing, what they're coming out with, or what they're playing. Yeah, it's like scoping out the competition in a way. Even though your game might not compete with them, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, you're right. Um, I think I was recently at. Um, I, I think I was. I don't know what was at. Uh, one of the game conferences here in Los Angeles, and I think SIGGRAPH too. I was at SIGGRAPH, but then there was another one I was at, and uh, I was just scoping around and see what kind of games that were going to be coming out, and and Raya wasn't too far off from what these guys. Were, I mean, these huge, you know developers having indie studios in china like pumping out like 100 games and like high quality and i was like i was really impressed that okay like i'm i'm able to think i have something you know from what people say like yo you you really have something you know so you just got to look at your what's around you right yeah you talked about what raya kind of has it, what makes it special what makes it unique so i saw in that same article on pocket gamer that it has something called dynamically generated enemies and areas well, mm-hmm. what exactly is that and what made you guys decide or you specifically since you're working on it pretty much solo what made you decide to implement that in your game instead of yeah. just doing the rigid like this is where a guy is yeah, like no, monster yeah. Closets. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah no no that's the that's one of the great the, the one of the coolest features of using um like great engines like unreal engine because like the 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 ability of features that allows you to do is is just really great and especially on the mobile you're like oh my gosh like this is this is great like this is gonna help me save memory you know retention and especially um when you you just don't want to place a hundred act like you know enemies in one one time you know like you're phone battery can die and like you have to look at optimizing it and that's one of the biggest things i learned in um and just making mobile games because when you're working on a desktop or a pc game you're like yeah this that we're gonna do this we're gonna do that and in mobile you're like whoa, whoa we can't add that on there you you know your game is gonna crash or it's gonna run unsmoothly especially when you're dealing with android stuff too as well so i i learned a lot and one of the biggest things of like adding dynamically you know enemies spawning here and there and and just you know levels and, and, and things that are random popping in and out um like to this like this to this day i don't know what enemies were going to be popping up in what locations because it's super random um but it, it helps it helps uh performance wise 
and um, also with experience from playing in the game, you're like, oh, I know he's going to be there. No, he's not. <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's always an element of surprise. Yeah, it makes your game less predictable. It's kind of like standard roguelike tactics where you don't know in the next room if there are gonna if there's going to be a chest or if there's going to be 20 yes. enemies that are going to light you up. Yeah, that's that is very true. And playing Raya, you, you'd definitely be surprised. There are creatures that are like, "Oh, he's an eighty incy binty like spider," and then you look and he's like, "Holy crap, that dude's big! Let me run away." Um, so it, it's 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 random, and I think I like that, and especially with the AI that's built into it too as well. There is a constant joke in my podcast that I'm very bad at video games. I can't re- I can't wait to get super like just demolished in your video game because I don't know how it works. I'm very excited. <laughs> Yeah, it's just random like monsters coming out of nowhere and killing me. That would be great. I don't know. It's it's cool. I mean, I I like I said, I'm playing and developing at the same time, and I'm I'm kind of like whoa, like I, that that came out of nowhere. And so for for the developer to even be surprised is, is also I think it's also great for the users to see what we all go through and what we're trying to make for you guys to be happy. So you also do your own kind of QA testing. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, friends and family help <laughs> um yeah you do qa you, you know you give your phone your, your wife has an iphone your you know your friends have an android and you just start to send them like little builds here and there and run and play it and you know they give feedback even the audio guy that was working on some of the tracks he he's in he's in prague he's in europe and he's you know he gives me feedback like you know and i try to do the best as i can to to uh you know fix things and optimize and, and remove to make the memory much smaller. Like maybe I, need, I can get rid of this. Uh, there is so much going, so much to learn when you're trying to release uh, cross platforms, you know, Android textures, uh, iPhone textures. Uh, yeah. This you, you, you come into my mind, you'll probably be lost, but yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It seems like you're much more intelligent than I am. You can actually <laughs> make a game. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can too. <laughs> I've actually, I my ultimate goal within, like, I I want to write about games, but my ultimate goal is to actually develop a lot of connections and then just start to make them. So, oh, okay, That's you know cool. what? Yeah, yeah dude, I, I'm gonna hit I'm you here. up in ten years. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you you gave me my very. I want people to know he gave me my very first podcast interview. So, uh, shout out to Vaughn. I appreciate you so much. Yeah. So and, uh, why uh, why haven't you gone on any other podcasts specifically? I, I was kind of interested to see that you said that this is your first ever podcast interview. Was it just kind of coincidence you'd never thought about it before? Or was there a reason you didn't want to? Uh, yeah, I didn't want to. I, one of the main reasons is I didn't have time. Like I was working on this game. I didn't have time to do any no, no media outlets. I have more podcasts coming up now, um, surprisingly. So you are my first, but I always want people to know like, hey, you know, Vaughn definitely looked out for me. And I, you know, it was, it was something that, um, I had, I have to do, right? Like people sometimes say they, you know, like, um, you, you fell in love with Steve Jobs before you fell in love with the iPhone. So, um, some people say like, Alex, you're, you're really genuinely like a, a good person. And when people hear you and they, they can relate to you, um, they kind of, they kind they're going to kind of relate to your products too as well, because they say like, Vaughn really worked hard on that podcast. Like, I want to support what he does. Like this, and he's so passionate about it. And something, it's something about like people loving a person, and then whatever they like. People love Elon, so they love Tesla, and plus, his great product, right? But yeah, I think that's more of one of the reasons why I had to step out and say, like, okay, I'm not just some nerdy guy in front of a laptop. Like, I actually can hold a conversation at a bar. <laughs> yeah, you want people to kind of associate you with your game instead of just 
I don't know. Instead of associating a brand with your game, they see you and yeah. they're like, oh, yeah, Alex, I know him. I want to play he his games. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah, that that's one of the greatest of uh, accomplishments if I can get that. Um, but yeah, like sometimes I was more I was very scared to put I'm, I'm still to this day scared to put myself out in the public. Um, I'm always like kind of like, oh, no. Even when I wrote iPhone apps that did you know really well, like I had a business partner in New York and he was like the face and I was always in the background. I'm like, I, I don't really want to be, you know, the guy on the TV. I've been on TV, but it was like weird. And I was like, okay, let me, you know, uh, let me go back to the you know, dim back in the dark. But I think it's time, you know, like I want people to, to really appreciate like all the hard work I put in. I want them to be happy. If they're not happy, then let me know and I can work some things out and say, hey, cool. That's a cool idea. I can add that. Yeah, it's something that's so nice about podcasting is kind of being able to to reach out and get outside your comfort zone. Like you, I'm I'm pretty much a hermit. I just like don't do anything all day and I just play video <laughs> games and don't talk to people. So podcasting is a nice outlet to meet new people. I've met uh, so many people just through podcasting. It's kind of ridiculous. Wow. No, and you and you you really have great energy and I think that's something that's that you're you're blessed with to be able like like I said you're my first and I was very I'm I was very nervous and then as you started speaking and make, making it comfortable I was like Vaughn has really a great way of introducing and, and making people feel comfortable and being able to be themselves so I think thank you so much and you're you're doing a, like a great job so thank you that's kudos. very nice of you to say <laughs> yeah no, no thank you <laughs> that's the second this is what i mean indie developers are just so nice it's like freakishly nice something uh that mario said from pixel dinos before when i had him as an interview he kind of did a similar thing i was like you don't have to say nice things about me that's very nice though thank you <laughs> that's, that's very cool so i have no, uh, one more mm -hmm. question about your game before we move on to more of the questions about you as a as a person and as a okay. developer have you ever thought about any sort of crowdfunding like Kickstarter or oh, Indiegogo man. or anything like that? Thank you so much. I'm glad you touched on this. Um, I'm going to be point blank, like honest with you. I started a Kickstarter page, made $1. And oh, I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to point that out to everyone because I've had so many people say, you can raise this and raise that. And I could, pro I could probably say it was probably the way I presented the Kickstarter page the probably the way I did it. It wasn't like, it wasn't at the best form of presenting it because I was still working on a game and it wasn't like I can present it to people and like, like it looks shiny and glittery. This is how it's going to be. And yeah, I think it, it just got like $1 and I was just like, okay, <laughs> you know? So then I'm like, all right, okay, cool. Like I'll, I'll, I'll continue to still make my game. Um, so I just wanted people to know that. Um, but going back, like you look at things like that and you know, I say it starts making all these millions of dollars. You can go back and say like, I tried, you know, I tried to, I tried Kickstarter and it it didn't hit for me. So maybe, like I said, I might have might have did something wrong. I, I heard getting a Kickstarter is, is very difficult because the process of trying to get your stuff pitched was I had to go through this and that and that and this, and I finally got approved. And it was like, okay, one dollar, here you go. And I'm like, okay. So, yeah, that's kind uh, of depressing. <laughs> it, 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 it oh, it hit me hard. Like I think I was depressed for like a week. I was like, oh my gosh, like. No, no one's going to like my game. No one likes it. You know, it was it was really, I'm not going to lie, it was really depressing because, you know, people was like, yo, this is crazy. You should get a Kickstarter. And then I get the Kickstarter and here you go, $1. And I think it's still online. I could be completely honest. Like, it's still online. It's probably going to be overshadowed, but I want people to know, like, hey, even if you get rejected from Kickstarter, 
still pursue it, man. Still, still work on it, you know? That's a great way to look at it. Even if it seems like all is lost, keep going, persevere, and it just might work out for you, which it seems like it has for you. Have you thought about, like, uh, after it comes out on iOS and Android, kind of how you're talking about just going with the momentum of your game, possibly putting on consoles. Have you thought about doing another Kickstarter? Because that is actually, that happens frequently. I think Heroes Ravage has two Kickstarters. Uh, Don't Give Up had two Kickstarters. Have you have oh, you wow. thought about doing it again? Yeah, I mean, I definitely would. I'm, now that you say, I definitely would consider it because now more people are looking at me like, hey, like I want to invest or I want to put money down. So it's like, all right, okay, I'll exercise that because I do want to bring people in. I do want to bring, you know, some talented or... You know, people that are just passionate about working on something that they truly love. So, yeah, that that could be a I can definitely be do that. That's awesome. Well, that was the <laughs> last question I had specifically about Raya. The oh, the right. rest of these questions are more about you as a person. Um, first, I wanted to ask you, what is your favorite game genre, even though you don't have much time to play them? What's your favorite <laughs> game genre and what game genre inspires you most? The, the one that I, I don't know, makes you want to make games. Man, um, I, I, I mean, I'm like I said, I was a huge Counter Strike person. I played, uh, I played Resident Evil. That, 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 the very first original Resident Evil. Um, With the nice it, tank I, controls that for some yeah. reason you try to shoot them in the head, you shoot the ceiling. You're like, really, dude? Come on. <laughs> that's like the that's game development at its finest back in the days. And you know, you, you back in the days we really appreciated that. Like I, I was like, whoa. Now we look at it, we like really like that's the that's this physics on there. That's terrible. But um, yeah, I, I played uh, my one of my favorite game genres is definitely um. Uh, I don't know what you would call Counter Strike, but that was basically what I played a lot. And then I played um, some mobile games, um, uh, Legacy Discord. You know, was one of the things that kind of like I was like, I, this is cool. I like this. Um, you seeing some great graphics on the mobile. Um, I I never got into Minecraft. I don't know why. Someone please help me. I never played Minecraft. I can't I either. I, oh, it's something okay. about the art that really bothers me. I love pixel art so much, and Minecraft's yeah. art just—I hate it. I hate it so much. I don't understand. Uh, yeah, these are some of the games where, like, I, I need the you know the generation to help me out with. And, like, okay, like I never played this. Um, I mean, of course, everyone played Tetris, right? And that's a story by itself with a guy. He made the game, sold the rights, and then later on bought it back because he was like, hmm, I feel this game's gonna blow. Um, but yeah, these are like just the classics. Um, and what about you? What are you playing? <laughs> uh, currently, I like I said before, I'm playing classic WoW. So you know. Oh but, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I I often play like several games at the same time, just so oh. I don't know. My I'm kind of just a weird person. So right now I'm playing classic <laughs> WoW. Don't give up a cynical tale and Greedfall. Nice. Uh, oh yeah. But there are just so many games out nowadays that it's like you either have to develop all your time to one game or you have to split your time like 50-50 between two or games. or more. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> I did. That's crazy because um, as you were saying the games, I was like, oh, like he's playing he's 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 playing multiple games at the same time. But what he said, sometimes you do it. Um, but I remember playing one game and I, I probably that's one of probably one of my old-time favorite games is Final Fantasy 7 for PlayStation, uh, for Sony PlayStation. Um, 
that's a game that I spent millions of hours playing, and and that's what kind of I think that also helped me aspire with making Raya because I was like, wait, you're able to walk around for this long, and yeah, Final Fantasy. I did definitely don't want to not shout out Final Fantasy Seven. <laughs> so that leads me to one of my other questions. Okay. Uh, so there's this thing in narratives that's called an inciting incident. It's what pushes the protagonist into the actual adventure. So I wanted to know what your inciting incident was into becoming a game developer. What made you want to be one? Or have you just, since you popped out as a baby, you saw a controller <laughs> and you're like, that's what I want to do. I want to be a game Uh-oh. developer. That's a good wow, good Vaughn. That's a good question, Vaughn. Um, I was not into coding at all. Like I thought I was gonna be a music producer. I grew up in the church. I was playing, I played drum, uh, piano, bass, and I got a little, I would say like a fifteen seconds of fame where I started working with you know, you know Sony Music and Bad Boy Studios producing. And I was in college at one point. I dropped out. I didn't think I was gonna like. I'm like, I don't want to, you know, write code. I want to produce. So then, um, yeah, I, I kind of took sour approach and didn't make the music industry for some crazy reasons. And then um, I, I lived in Japan. I flew to Japan, lived there for a while. And that technology just came to me. Like I was looking at people with cell phones starting their car and um, going to the post, like forget going to the post office. Someone was like, doing all the stamps on their like phone and, and they had like 3g network before like a long be, before we did have it and um that's where i really got like technology and and started to write code and learn went to san jose california a little bit spent time there and uh made iphone apps and and then i was like you know what back in my mind i was like i really i really would like to make a game that whole time but i wasn't making games i was just writing apps um so that's where it came i think probably when i started writing iPhone apps. I'm like, you know, I've read the stories where uh, game development is actually one of the most difficult things to complete. It's harder than um, like writing a, 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 like an app or writing an album. Like game development, you see huge studios like close or shut down. And that's something that I'm like, okay, I have to try to accomplish. So, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm... I'm excited to see how this goes for you. I I really am excited to see Raya succeed. I think it's a really cool game, and it, it'll be interesting to see what happens, what you guys go to next, if you're just going to go to a console version or possibly uh, move on to other games. Are there any other like genres or anything you want to move into after you, after you release Raya, like maybe a first-person shooter like Counter-Strike or something else? Yeah, you know what's funny? I, I, I don't... Um... I don't really know. Like I, I, I feel like um, it's like a, for me, like Raya was a canvas. Like I didn't know what I was doing. Like I just had a white canvas, and I was like, okay, let me work on like, like uh, a character swinging a sword, or let me work on him a character jumping, and it slowly began to turn into a game. So um, I think sometimes um, some people have projected some things and write it down but they don't really have the details they just kind of like okay i'm gonna play around with it so for me with the next genre i don't know it it it, it, it varies wherever wherever i'm inspired to go that's awesome yeah i i always love to hear game like game developers either talking about how they made a game based on just one mechanic just because they thought that was cool like greg lobanov <laughs> made wonder song because he thought the color wheel was cool 
Wow. And That's there's crazy. just like so many different developers who have done things like that. And it seems like Raya is, it, like you said, it's a canvas. It's the game that you inadvertently made when you were trying to learn how to make games, which is absolutely, it's really interesting. I I love that. That's so cool. <laughs> Thanks, Vaughn. Yeah, I'm hey, I'm trying, and I and that's one of the things I put on my Twitter profile. And uh, when you look at it, it says like just trying. <laughs> that's <laughs> because you try long enough, you look back, you're like, oh my gosh, I I just finished something. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like I I don't want to say fake it till you make it, but it's kind of like that. You're just like, <laughs> I'm I'm not exactly sure what I'm doing, but when I get to the end of it, it's gonna be cool. So just trust me. That's that's I'm, awesome. That's a that's a great advice. Someone someone gave me a great advice. He said, if someone tells you to do something and they pay you to do it and you don't know how to do it, just say yes because you eventually have to learn how to do it and you can get it done. That's enough. If you say no, that's a lost opportunity. Yeah, there's this weird phenomenon where people will go in and actually they'll lie about having education to get into a job because it doesn't actually matter if you had the education because yep. the job is going to teach you anyway. Exactly. That's <laughs> so, so that's awesome. just that's really weird (laughs) (laughs) yep so a question that's kind of like off the cuff but just something i was interested in you talked Mm -hmm. about making a larger studio yourself uh but i would like to know if you were somebody saw your work on raya or something else and you were offered to join a larger studio um would you do it and what would be your ideal studio to join like like a bethesda or naughty dog or just something random off the cuff like spiders oh that's crazy because um i want to show you show you a, a funny story i was i live in you know los angeles california and um i'm around the tech scene in this area i live in uh, marina del rey which is close to playa vista santa monica venice and i took my my three-year-old to the park and yeah, um, i can't really hear you right now i don't know oh, what's you, happening okay <laughs> hold on all right let me see um can you hear me now a little bit, yeah. Okay, let me see. Probably. Right, it's a little weird. Have... It kind of sounds like running water. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let's see. Can you hear me? I think. Let me. I can't hear you now. Can you hear me now? Oh, I can't hear at all. Let me see here. Yeah, you gotta love technology. This is always fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, are you hearing me now? Yeah, yeah, I got you now. Yeah, you're okay, good. Okay, cool. All right. Um, yeah, so I was I was at the park with my three year old, and I met a gentleman. He was with his daughter, and we were just talking about kids and how hard they how hard it is. And you know, he's like, I think his wife was somewhere, and he was just it was just me and him talking. And our kids are just like playing along, and we we're just really talking about life. And then he's like, Yeah, you know, it's tough. It's crazy, but work is, is busy and you know he, he said he works down the street and he just walks and I was like oh cool like um where where is that and he was like I, I work for Santa he said I work for Sony Studios so I'm like oh I'm like God of War like okay wow like <laughs> um and he said like uh what do you do and I'm like oh I just an indie developer game developer and he's like what and I'm like yeah so uh I immediately show him uh Raya on on my phone and he he picks up the phone he looks at it and he's just playing he's like whoa you did this and i'm like yeah he's like here's my contact (laughs) and i'm like uh okay so um you know 
long story short, he, he, he connected me. He's like, hey, like, if you really to come work in Santa Monica Studios, like, we need your, like, we need people like you. So, uh, you know, just in talks with them and talks with uh, Riot uh, Games, just, I don't know. But I, I think I right for this moment, I just want to focus on putting out something and let people see that what I can do. That's pretty crazy, though. Just having a casual interaction with somebody from Sony Santa Monica. <laughs> yeah, and one of my friends, he lives in the area, Playa Vista, and he, I was supposed to meet up with him there, too, with his kid. And he's like, I'm like, hey, I just ran into Sony, somebody from Sony Studio, and I show him the game. And he, like, he wants to, like, he, I, he just took my contact. And he's like, what? No way. I applied for that job, like, ten times, and they keep rejecting me. You got to know someone to get in there. And I'm like, well, I just found somebody. <laughs> He's like, I live here and I never met anyone. And I'm like, yep, I live like a mile away and I just met someone. So it was, it, it's very interesting to see like, uh, I, I think with companies, everyone says like, oh, you should work for this guy and you should work for that guy. And, you know, this, they, the company ever, never really hires like that. So you have to really show them like, okay, this is what I did. Now I can talk for myself. This, this is my portfolio, basically. Did you tell your friend you should have you should have showed up at the park when you were supposed to? Maybe you would have met him. Yeah, I feel like he's he's a funny guy. He, he just some people have this weird op like weird time where it just just doesn't hit them like it doesn't hit like they're at a certain place and it just they're not the opportunity's not there for them. <laughs> yeah, just crazy coincidences happen every day. So I'm down to pretty much my last two questions. One of them mm -hmm. super weird, so I'm gonna save that one just because it's Go. something I ask like everybody. It's not gonna be that okay. odd. Don't All right, cool, cool. and. One I want to know is what would you give? What advice would you give fledgling developers, people who want to get into the industry or just want to make their own game? What What would you say to them? Just hey, download an engine, or would you give them more specific details? I would say uh, to to learn how to get into anything. Like in, I always say, invest in yourself. Right? Like no one's gonna no no one's gonna take you to like I I can take I can take Vaughn to the to the, to the water the well but i'm not gonna I, I can't you know i can't teach you how to drink it like you have to drink it for yourself right like i can take you there um but i feel like where certain people like you just have to get into it like just 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 you know download an engine whether it be unreal and unity and you know look at some youtube videos play around with it you know like just get into it because the more people i noticed people procrastinate when they talk about like yeah i've been meaning to download this and i've been meaning to download that and just downloading it, trying it, just giving it a try will help you big time. Like, yeah, that's one of the biggest things. I just, it, it could be difficult, right? It can be hard to learn. Um, but they say the mind is, if you're really willing to do something and love something, you, you, you would truly try to understand and learn it. Um, but in class, like people that are like unfocused on anything that they don't want to learn, their brain technically shuts down and they don't want to learn it. So when you actually have a passion for something, you, you kind of take the time out and say, like, that's wrong. Oh, like that character flipped and he, he you know, he fell on his head. That wasn't supposed to happen. But you try to tweak and, and see what happens after that. Um, so just I just say like more like getting out, getting into it, like writing code. When people say, like, how do I want to learn how to program? I'm just just, just uh, pick a, a language. I would say like, uh, I don't know, Java or JavaScript, one of the easier languages. And, you know, just write a simple print function that you know shows what you said so just so you build the mechanics little by little so just try to get into it like whether it be small don't just try to jump in um but you know 
just try it out. Like download it, download the engine, download the particular, if you need to use a C sharp, you know, try to learn um, a particular programming language or something, or if you like animations, get a Maya or Blender, which is free and make a model, make a, you know, ball, something small and you build from there. Yeah, it seems to be the most common uh, the most the most common advice anybody gives, whether it's in like something that I'm trying to do, which is get into the more journalism side of the industry or uh, what developers have given you, which is just do it, just start it. And mm-hmm. you kind of find yourself along the way. You, yes. you learn how to do everything. That's for the most part why I started podcasting, why I started writing, because everybody's mm-hmm. like, just do it, dude. Just just start <laughs> and then you either build a portfolio or you're you, you just sharpen your skills enough to where you can do it eventually. It's the exact same thing as fake it till you make it. It's just you're yeah. gonna do it, you get better at it, and then eventually you're gonna be a master. I mean it's like uh, I think the the quote is spend if you spend like uh, ten thousand or a hundred thousand hours, hours yeah, yeah then you're a master at it yeah mm-hmm. that's that's exactly what I was thinking but my last question for you and this is something that I ask pretty much everybody so just feel mm-hmm. free to be open about it yeah what <laughs> is your weirdest fear so I'm gonna give you a little bit of time to think about this while I give you mine so. I've talked about a lot of my weirdest fears on these podcasts from open water to uh, not being able to see things like not being able to see my feet underneath things. But this one is a little bit weird and this actually is probably the weirdest and it specifically comes from watching the human centipede when I was younger. I'm afraid of people stealing my kneecaps. <laughs> so that's funny. You <laughs> so my fiance, yeah, it's so specific and weird. My fiance will touch my kneecaps while You're we're scared. in bed. Yeah, I like push her away. I'm like, get away from me. <laughs> Don't even touch me. Don't even like look at me anymore. It freaks me out because I have this weird. I envision this thing where somebody's just gonna walk by and like steal my kneecap. That's a movie. You should write about that. That's that's a, a nice horror movie. Like that's you should write that. <laughs> Just the kneecapper. Yeah. That, that's, I hope more people are scared of stealing kneecaps. It's specifically just because in the Human Centipede, he removes their kneecaps, so they that's have to horrible. crawl everywhere. Yeah, it's that's disgusting. Scary. That's kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> it's gross. Yeah. I hope more people are afraid of it now, so I'm less weird. I'm I'm scared. I'm afraid of it now just because you said it. <laughs> Sweet. I'm spreading it. I'm going to be way less weird by the end of this podcast. Once it if airs, it's going to be like 10 people. You, when a movie comes out, I'm like, yep, Ron wrote that. I definitely know he wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> or somebody's going to steal it. You're like, hey, I was there for that. You're a thief. So oh, what man. is your weirdest fear? The one that you often get looked at and they're like, what, dude? Really? Uh, weirdest fear. Um, if you have one. That's a good one because, like, um, when anytime anyone mentions fear, it's it's like one of those words that are like extremely uh, scary, depressing, or just just people run away from that. Like that is, and you know, anything in life. Like if if you if you're not like one of the biggest things why you see certain entrepreneurs go hard is because sometimes they they're they're fearless. Like they they can start something and they said if this doesn't work. Like I'm gonna try something else. Where most, the majority of people, if they try something and they and they and they fails, they completely failure for the rest of their lives. Like they're done, you know. And it, and that's one of my weirdest fears is that um. Uh, I hope I don't like. I hope I don't run into someone that um. 
like I didn't give an opportunity to in life that came by and and I and you they said like you know imagine Vaughn comes up to me and say hey like I want to I want to write your, your next your your next video game I, I have a storyline and I'm like yeah that's cool I, I don't want to hear it I'm good and then you go and write something that sells a billion dollars that's one of my weirdest fears you're afraid of overlooking people yeah i'm very yeah i I, and that's why i always like to give i know it's weird but i always like to give people an opportunity because i never got an opportunity uh i probably got one opportunity and that was from a gentleman at scopely named henry he and and i want to shout him out but yeah he i think he's probably the only person that gave me opportunity in life everything else i had to like kind of work for but you know he just randomly met me and was like hey like you know like you seem very passionate like i want to put you in contact with some people but one of the fears I had, the weirdest fear is like just looking over, you know, someone that, that's really passionate, has something that they want to do and not giving them a try, you know, because you got to invest in people. That's pretty awesome. It shows how kind and seemingly selfless you are, that your fear isn't necessarily something that you are personally afraid of, but you're afraid of not giving people a chance. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah, yeah, fine. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. That's that's all the questions I got for you today. Anything specific that you would like to let the audience know about Raya, other than it's, of course, releasing on iOS and Android on October 25th? Yeah, I would say uh, thank you, uh, Vaughn, for allowing me to get up here, do my very first podcast. I hope I didn't disappoint you guys. Um, I just want to say I love my family, um, my wife, uh, Patricia and my son Tyler and also um, you know just uh, anyone that inspired me to keep you know to keep working on my game and um, you know follow us on Twitter create Lex um, also if you want to follow my personal account it's Alex Kissy Jr. and um, yeah feel free to hit me up ask me questions whatever whatever you need any feedback um, I'm always looking for opportunity for people that want to work together and and um, just make something happen and just put God first. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Well, that's about the end of this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Of course, make sure you watch out for the actual episode of Indian Incursion that's going to go up on our 49th episode is going to go up on Friday. It will not actually have Josh in it this week. It's just going to be me because Josh is out. So we're going to see how weird that gets. But thank you so much, Alex, for coming on the podcast. And thanks, everybody, for listening. I hope you guys have a great day. Thank you. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.